Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Kane Gang. You feel me? Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. That's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday morning edition of the Kane Gang Show. It's your boy, DC. As always, on the other side of the mic, that's my boy, Jay, man. What's good, Jay? Doing good, man. Doing good. That was a, that was a fun weekend we had last week, man. You know, uh, last week was definitely entertaining. If you look at all the round from the sports uh, spectrum, the Dolphins actually started everything off with a huge win in Jacksonville, yeah. uh, which I was completely surprised by that. And then um, the Marlins got into the playoffs. The Heat made it to the finals. And then, of course, them boys from the 305, yep. the U, the Miami yep. Hurricanes, they literally – I don't want to use the word killed because that's kind of a bad word, but – they spanked they put, them. They, they put the boys to rest. Let me yeah. put it that way. <laughs> Man, yeah. it, was, uh, it wasn't the same atmosphere. Um, obviously, going to the game, uh, being there, you know, we got there at 530 when the gates opened, but it's yep. pretty much just get out of your car, go into the stadium, and kind of sit in your little section and wait yeah. for the game to start. Hey, did you end up getting your hat? I did not get my hat. Oh, obviously, I was, I, it was in the works. Yeah. Um, I had a few people that actually uh, sat down that weren't supposed to sit with me, um, but they sat with me. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Bird, he uh, oh, great guy. He was by himself, so I had an extra ticket, so I had him come sit next to me. And uh, uh, Andy Borgala sat next to us. Nice. Um, you know, Brad came down with one of his friends. Uh, I think his name was Debo or something like that. So they kind of sat with us as well, and then. Um, uh, it was good. We had a good time, and obviously being right there in, in technically row one because everything was blocked off. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could yell at everybody. We were yelling at the coaches. We were yelling at the players, and so everybody was uh, having a good old time, man. And then yeah. the game started, and it was just like there. It was great. Again, the atmosphere wasn't the same. You couldn't talk that much trash to anybody. You really couldn't get in anybody's business. Um, but the game was, the game was good, man. Um, it just, it makes me wonder. And, and obviously we have a bye week you know, we don't have a game tomorrow, but again, everything turns to, you know, October 10th in Clemson. And for me, I think this is our measuring stick. I want to know where we are. I want to know when we go up to Clemson, what do we do? Do we lay an egg? Do we be competitive? Do we, Put up points, and I think that's going to be our measuring stick. And so let me ask you just – let me ask you this, J-Man. From, from, a, from a, a fan perspective, would you want to go in there and win this, this time, or would you rather play competitively, lose, but then beat them in the ACC championship game? So it's only one or the other. I have to beat them then or beat them now. Correct. I'd rather beat them later. I mean, it, 100%. Because I mean, you know why? <laughs> because that game, that ACC championship, I mean, if you win the ACC, you're pretty much with a one loss. Say you yeah. only lose to Clemson, Playoff you're change. in the playoffs. Absolutely. 100%. I, like, obviously, let's beat them twice, right? That, that would be my mindset. Yeah. But if you were to ask me which game would be more important to me, if you were going into the ACC championship game with one loss, and that one loss would be to Clemson, yeah. Great, then I beat them in the championship game. Yep. I, I'm with you there, man. Uh, so here's, here's the thing that, that kind of worries me is that, uh, you know, Notre Dame is probably going to finish one loss. Uh, the, you know, Clemson is really the only, like, game that they'll probably lose. They're, they're favored in every other game. Let's put it that way. 
So if we're ten and one and Notre Dame is ten and one and we both lost to Clemson, it's gonna come down to which team is ranked higher. Or who looked better? Or who looked better against Clemson? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I do think it I do think it boils down to who has a better record. I mean, yeah. as far as ranking wise, correct. Yeah, and I don't think that bodes well for us, man. I mean, Notre Dame is kind of the the media darlings, and that that bugs me. Where where are they ranked right now? They're fifth. Top fifth, right? So, see this this word is tricky, right? Because we play them now. We yeah. play them now. So again, if we're gonna take that L, we're gonna take that L now, which means, and if it's a competitive game and it's one versus eight. You know, yeah. maybe you fall three, four, five spots, right? So maybe yeah. you drop to 12, 13. If it's competitive, if it's a blowout, I think you drop to 17, 18. I mean, that's just my personal preference yeah. or my personal opinion, sorry. But if you keep it competitive, maybe you drop three spots, four spots. So now you're at 12. Yeah. So what happens by the time Notre Dame plays Clemson? Now you've already won a couple more games. You're maybe back up yeah. into the top 10. Does that bode well for you? Because now you're in maybe a better position ranking-wise? It could, but you could also that same line of thinking. You could say that now that Clemson has a top ten win under their belt, that Notre Dame could lose and not even drop. I mean, think about it. If they're if they're one of the last teams to get their first loss, you know, if they're one of the last teams to be undefeated and then they lose to Clemson, it could be that I mean, could be that they don't even drop. If if you catch that's, my trick. Interesting, but but again, I feel like if you lose to Clemson, no matter where when you play them, um, or where you where you're ranked at, I think you got to drop spots. Now with the Pac-12 and now with the Big Ten coming back in and these other conferences, I think that that's going to put different teams in different perspectives. Yeah. You know, but that that, that October 10th week, man, that that's a good week. I mean, I think you have Texas, Oklahoma, you have Miami, Clemson. Um, I want to say there's another. There's another game. Um, I want to say it's Florida, maybe Florida, Georgia, maybe. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a uh, a pretty was that, good. Um, was that the week? Pretty week. Florida was supposed to play Alabama, but then they chickened out. Man, they called up their mommies and and begged for something different. So I think Florida. When I watched them the other day, they did not impress me at all. I think. Their offense looked decent, but again, they played Ole Miss, right? Yeah. Their tight end had four touchdowns, had 170 yards receiving, talking about pits. Their defense, now whether or not that was more from, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin's offense being yeah. a little bit kind of explosive, or does that say that Florida's defense isn't where it's, it should be or where, you know, they're not that good as of right now? I mean, they, they give up 35 points. But there was a lot. There's a lot going on last week in college football. You look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma going down to K-State, blowing that huge lead at home. You look at LSU getting beat by Mississippi State. That's why I'm not a huge proponent of preseason rankings. Listen, get into week three, get into week four, and then put your body of work and let me know where you're at. Because if I'm looking at the body of work right now, Miami's top three in the country based Absolutely. on what they've put up so far. Absolutely. I, that was one of my talking points shortly after the game, you know, on the Fours Up podcast and stuff. I was saying, if you go right at this very moment, we're a top five team easy. Like, just oh, by 100%. the optics of everything. Yeah. So, 100%. I mean, things are going great for us right now, man. And I really hope, I mean, you just hope that we look competitive against Clemson. And I'm worried because I feel like Clemson's not a very good matchup for us. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I worry about the middle of our defense. Uh, I worry about how often we give up the big plays. I feel like we're a little bit soft up the middle when it comes to the run. And now we're going up against the best back in the country. Um, and if we stack the box on them, then they got Trevor Lawrence. So it's not our strongest but, matchup. But twofold, right? So I, I, I've been telling people the last couple of days, I think that this game is going to come down to the front seven on both sides, mm -hmm. on, on for both teams. I think it boils down to what can Clemson's front seven do to our offensive line and can they contain Derrick King, yeah. um, Cam Harris, Jalen Knight, and Don, you know, Don Chaney, and vice versa. Can our front seven 
you know, get enough pass rush, number one, to affect Trevor Lawrence. And again, they don't have the receiving core like they've had in years. So I think it's going to be this. If, if there's a time to play them, this is the time to play them. Yeah. Um, and again, can your, can your front seven contain, you know, Travis Etienne? And I think that's going to be a, the big matchup on both sides of both yeah. teams. Which, which front seven is going to hold up better? Cause I think they both put up points. Yeah, so there was a stat that I saw today. Um, it was mentioned on the Orange Bowl Boys podcast. Um, and I can't confirm this, so I'm just going to take them at their word. But Miami's defense has given up 55 plays of 10-plus yards in three games. That's a lot, man. That I mean, that's averaging, like, what, 17 a game almost? And uh, I, I don't I – can't, I can't see that happening. Because if, if you think about that, that's – that's 170 yards per, you know, plus per game, right? Florida State was held to a little over 300 yards total for the game. Yeah. I'm not sure what the Louisville was. Um, I don't remember uh, UAB. Louisville, did we give up 520 for U uh, at Louisville? Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure UAB was like 280 or something like that. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see that. I mean, again, it, it, it possibly could be. You know, you know. Uh, Roman over there is a stat guru, so if it came yeah. from that, it's, it's potentially true. But yeah. I mean, that just seems like it's a lot. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the that's kind of – like I said, I can't verify that, but, you know, I, I, I trust those dudes. And, and that kind of fits the optics, though, is, is I've really been worried about the, the bend-don't-break aspect of our defense. Because, um, you know, they're – like – FSU had at least two good drives. UAB had a number of good drives, and, and Louisville was driving the ball on us all game. So, you know, I, I have faith in our offense. Thankfully, our defense got stops when they had to. Uh, there was a lot of situations where we, you know, teams would drive the ball 50 yards on us, and we'd hold them to three or zero points rather than giving up seven. Um, but you don't want to lean on that all season, in my opinion. I don't, I don't want to always allow teams to drive down the field and then force a field goal. I would, I would just rather, you know, not give up long drives. But I don't know, man. It's working so far. I'm just worried, uh, you know, I'm just worried about the day that it doesn't. So. Well, I just hope that they, you know, again, last year was a killer for me coming off of bye weeks because we lost every single game off of bye week. Yep. So if you're looking at – uh, repetitiveness and tradition based on last year, it's not really a good time to be playing this game. Yeah. Now, you know, there's always that, okay, well, there's always a change, right? There's a, there's a good thing for change. So maybe 2020 coming off a of bye week might be better than it was in 2019. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting. Like I said, you know, Death Valley's uh, it's, it's definitely a, a hard place to play in. Yep. And I'd like to see us be it like, Again, competitive, yep. and I think, I think what I've seen so far, especially from the offensive side of the ball, has been very, very productive. I think your O line, and I said this weeks and weeks ago about our O line. That's who I wanted to see step up, yep. and and I think they have. But is it because of the up pace, quick tempo? Where again, the ball's out quick. The running back gets the ball quick. You know, Derek King's not yeah. making mistakes. You know, and if you look at the offensive side of the ball, we have one turnover because of Jalen Knight and fumble last week. Other than that, the only other turnovers we have is by you know Mark Pope and his two you know botched punts. So from from that perspective. You know, going back to 2019, I think we have just made like le like leaps and bounds as far as the lack of mistakes, the lack of sacks, the lack of turnovers. And again, what does that do for you? It keeps your offense on the on the field. It keeps your defense rested, but it allows them more opportunity to score points. Yeah, that's true. And and you know, you brought up a good point about the O line. Something I wanted to talk about is uh, I wanted to bring up some you know, position groups that were kind of maligned in the first few weeks of the season, but have really turned it around. And that's, you know, our cornerbacks and our offensive line. Um, and to answer your question, I think it's a mix of both. Um, there were, I mean, there were plays, especially in the Louisville game, there was multiple plays where a single lineman, um, you know, let Derek King get hit pretty hard and he didn't even make a single block. You know, it was one of those things where all the pass rushers went around him. He blew his assignment, and the quarterback got hit pretty hard. 
Um, now, at the same time, our offensive line statistically hasn't given up a sack yet. Derek King has been sacked, but it wasn't attributed to our offensive line. Um, so that's very impressive. Well, you know, and, and the stat, the sack stat line can be a little bit misleading and deceiving yeah. because, like, if Derek King wants to take it from a shotgun snap and he wants to do just a delayed quarterback draw, whatever the case may be, but he's tackled behind the line of scrimmage, technically that's a sack. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I feel like that the O-line has just played, like, just an abundance amount, like, from what they were the last couple of years. Is it justice coming in there and, and having a different scheme? Is it the offense? Like, there's a lot of variables that go into it. All yeah. I know is they're producing, they're doing well, continue to, to improve and impress. And towards the end of the year, you know, they're only going to get better. And the funny thing is all these kids are coming back next year. Like, yeah. there's no seniors. Like, yeah. so, again, you have another year to gel. You know, your only senior next year on the O-line would be Donaldson because he redshirted and Corey Gaynor. Yeah, well, Jared Williams. Well, Jared, well, he'll be gone anyway, unless he decides yeah. to stay because he's a grad. Yeah, um, but every you're right. Every other rotational lineman is is going to come back this year. And their O line class coming in next year is stupid good. You yeah. know, they got a lot of talent coming in, and you know, again, I I, I still believe. Again, until they sign, it doesn't really matter to me, right? So I'm a big proponent of let's sign get them on the field, get them into the weight room, get them going, and then we'll go from there. But potentially, man, they, they're still looking at a couple other, you know, prospects that are, you know, still dangling out there. You know, again, you know me, like I'm a big T. Lou fan. Like, yeah. just give me Terrence Lewis, man. Sign him yeah. up. You put Terrence Lewis and James Williams on the same backfield? Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, and that's stupid, man. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter uh, yesterday, um, but there was uh, Tristan Lee to the U hashtag was going. I saw around. that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and so uh, you know, you never know with these things, but uh, I mean, yeah, hope that they have legs. Uh, let me tell you, it, it should be interesting. Well, we're up against the break here on the first segment of the King Gang Show here on Slam Radio Series XM Channel One Four Five. Do us a favor, come on back on the flip side, and uh, we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle-Vailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the Kane Gang Radio Show. You're listening to Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. It's your lunch hour, 
And uh, me and me and Derek Co are just hanging out, man, talking some sports. So thanks for coming back, guys. Co, how you doing, man? Oh man, you know it's it's. Can I say I'm a little depressed? Yeah, but tell me like, why. There's no yeah. hur- there's no hurricane football on tomorrow. Like yeah. literally, I'm going through withdrawals. Like <laughs> I just I feel like I'm missing something. It's yeah. It's a Saturday, man. Tomorrow's Saturday. Yep. It should be getting ready either at an away game or getting ready to go to a home game and but i am going to clemson so i already booked a hotel i already booked cool. the flights kind of working on a ticket situation right there but uh so yeah. yeah so i am going to clemson me and maria we're going to uh we're going to take a little three-day weekend by ourselves and have grayson stay at home and uh you know have his apipa you know kind of watch him for the weekend and uh, we're just going to get away you know sometimes you need that little r and r and um so yeah we're going to get away we fly into atlanta on uh, Friday morning, get there about nine o'clock. Haven't decided what we're gonna do, whether or not we're gonna stay in Atlanta or whether we're gonna maybe, you know, hop, you know, take the rental car and you know drive over to Chattanooga or you know whatever. Because yeah. you know, again, it's a seven thirty game in Clemson, so you know we have a lot of time. Um, and then we don't come back till late Sunday. Cool. So, um, you know, again, we were gonna go to Michigan State. That game kind of got flipped and uh, couldn't go to that game. So. Why not go to Clemson? I mean, again, I've never been to Clemson. So, I, listen, it's not going to be the same experience as if yeah. there's 90,000 people there, right? Yep. For me, it doesn't matter. Like, like I go if there would be 10 people there. That's just, again, yeah. it's my school. It's who I support. It's who I yep. root for. So, yeah. you know. Well, you know, pretty much every uh, former Hurricane that I've ever interviewed has told me that, that Death Valley is the loudest place that they've ever been to a game. They said, like, it's – uh, you know, LeVon Ponder and Bruce Johnson and pretty much every other guy that was on that team that I've talked to has told me, like, that that place is so loud that you can't even think. Like, it rattles your helmet. You know, I was supposed to go up there in 2005, and that would be the triple overtime game with Tyrone Moss. You know, yep. rest in peace, my dog. Um, yep. But, you know, I didn't get an opportunity to make it out there. I had some, uh, some you know, prior engagements, and, and it wouldn't allow me to go there. But – uh that would have been a heck of a game to go to that, you know, that night. Um, so yeah. So again, you know, it's just, for me, it's the, it's just the, the atmosphere. It's the, you know, excitement of going to Clemson, just like it was me when I was going to Oklahoma or when I went out to Ohio state or Tennessee or some of these other areas, you know, or schools that I've gone to, to watch, you know, the university of Miami football. Um, there's nothing like going to a road game and just being able to, interact with other fans and you know being able to because sometimes i feel bad so when we played at the orange bowl i used to hate like for the visiting fans to you know be reciprocated and come back down like when we went to tennessee and then we're thinking oh man next year these guys got to come down here i oh, do like the ob was just horrible like just <laughs> just just the miami fans in general can be very very crude and obnoxious and rude right like yeah. again even if you're winning they can just be jerks um yeah. But that's what you get, you know. So I always look for the, you know, the atmosphere and the excitement of just going to a different venue. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's kind of like my bucket list, man. I, I'm trying to go to so many different away games, places where I'd never have uh, an opportunity to go again. That's like going to Dallas, you know, and playing in Jerry World. Like, that was great. Like, what else am I going to go to Dallas just to watch a football game in Arlington, you know? Yeah. So, you know, anything I can do to help support these kids and, and root it on and – you know, I've been, I've been blessed, you know, like economically in order to do that. So, uh, you know, I'll take advantage of, it. you know, we only live once, you know, there's no guarantees for tomorrow. So why not just enjoy what you do? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, uh, I'm, you know, I, I haven't had the resources that I've wanted to, to go to some of the games, but I'm really eyeing that Alabama game. I got a ticket to the ACC championship game, actually. I don't know if, if I told you that, but, uh, yeah, I so I, I have a ticket to the game in Charlotte. Um, if we go, yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, because right now I don't believe North Carolina is allowing any fans in stands. Really? So yeah, I think right now that's because again I wanted to go to Wake Forest and stuff like that, yeah. but I think I think North Carolina is one of the one of the states that still doesn't allow any fans in the stands. Well, hopefully they change by then, and hopefully well, we get it. How do you think it? One of my buddies hooked me up, man. He, so oh. I'm going with uh yeah, I'm going. I'm going with one of my good friends that that I've met from, uh, you know, Miami Twitter. So he invited me. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were up there. We were up there a few years ago, and uh, the outcome wasn't as 
as gracious as I would have hoped, but yeah. uh, it was still we went up there. And it was freezing, man. It was cold. Yeah. It was so cold. Yeah, was that the that was the 2017 game that you went to? Yeah, that was a rough one, man. That was a rough one. But anyways, uh, if you don't mind us switching up gears, I want to talk about your Miami Heat. Um, I'd rather not talk about the game, game one. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about game one. Cause you know what? First of all, mad props to the heat. Yeah. Get to the finals. Um, absolutely. Nobody, nobody expected that. I mean, again, nope. and we're seated in a situation where you have to go through Indiana, Milwaukee, and then, and then I think Boston, even though they were the three seed, I thought Boston was probably the toughest team in the East to get through. Um, they just have a, an abundance of talent, yeah. like, you know, Jason Tatum and, and smart and all those guys. And, and, and again, so I hate watching basketball because I feel like the refs always have to dictate something. Yeah. Um, and even in the Boston series, I thought there was just some, some blatantly bad calls. And the, and the problem is there's no accountability yeah. for those referees. Right. So look at that game one, the heat, man, they, they just, they come out on fire, man. Like just, yeah. they're dropping buckets left and right. And, you know, then again, you know, you miss a shot or you have a turnover and it turns into a fast break. And, you know, once I saw the Lakers literally chipping, you know, chipping to that 13-point lead pretty quick in the first and kind of, you know, at the end of the first, it was like it was like a two-point game. And I'm like, yeah. nah, man, this is over. And I watched LeBron, and he cries so much. <laughs> Let me tell you, he, he's a phenomenal basketball player. He's, you know, great talent, probably one of the top three greatest of all time. But, dude. Stop being a freaking baby. If you don't get your call, <laughs> stop pouting. Stop jumping up and down. Yeah. You Listen, when you foul somebody, like, dude, you cannot go through the season without a foul on you. He acts yeah. like he never fouls anybody. Yeah. But besides that, you know, Bam gets hurt. Dragic gets hurt. Yeah. You know, shots. And, and I've said this in previous shows, too. I do not understand why they want to just, just shoot the three, like, all the time. Yeah. Work the ball around. Drive to the ball, you know. Drive to the basket. You know. Try with this type of team. You know, you're playing the Lakers. You really need to get them in foul trouble. Whether yeah. it's AD, whether it's Dwight Howard, whether it's LeBron. You know, you settling for you know 26, 27 foot jumpers on the outside. Like yeah. that's not getting them in foul trouble. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think the best way to attack it. And well, first of all, let me say like. How rough was that Goran Dragic going down, man? I, you know, I'm a huge Dragic fan. They say he's still trying to play through a plantar fascia tear. Like, if he's able to pull that off tonight, man, that's incredible. Um, you know, but but I think you're you're right in the strategy should be going after, you know, trying to get Anthony Davis and LeBron in foul trouble if it's possible. You know, <laughs> I think like you said, you know, superstar calls come out in the finals. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, but but also, I mean, the Heat's strength, uh, and really the only strength they have over this Lakers team is their depth. You know, if if you were to rank, uh, you know, Bill Simmons, he's he's one of my favorite dudes to listen to. One thing he likes to do is is like rank the top seven players in the series, right? And uh, you know, you have to go LeBron and AD one and two, but then in my opinion, three through seven is all on the Miami Heat. Um, so you could almost look at that as an advantage. And so you're going to want to work the ball around to those guys and exploit matchups, right? Uh, because the heat rotation is, is so much deeper than the Lakers. So there are matchups to be exploited. So it, it's just not going to happen. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be really tough if the heat relies so much on Jimmy Butler and Bam to create all their buckets, just because those two are going to be outmatched, man. Like LeBron and AD are too good, and, and that's where it gets tough, right? So I, I believe you know in this you know last decade, decade and a half of the super team, the big threes. You know, again, Boston started it. Um, you know, the Heat did it. Um, a couple of the teams, like you know, even Houston kind of did it. Like people are trying to like make these super teams. I feel like the Lakers assembled a a a huge mismatch type of team. Yeah. You got someone like AD who you like last night, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night played him at the four. Right. And they put Dwight Howard in the lineup and had him at the five. Like who you go, who's, who, who are you putting on AD at the four? Like yeah. it's tough. Right. Yeah. And then you got LeBron. And then when, um, 
you know, Kuzma and all those other guys are actually shooting well. It's it's just it's a tough team, man. Yeah. I mean, would I like to see the Heat kind of go through it and, and maybe pull it off? Yeah, but I mean, I still think they win maybe a game, maybe possibly two, and push yeah. it maybe to six games. Um, but I just think the Lakers are too tough. You know, yeah. prove me wrong. You know, I you know again, I'm not trying to say that they can't win. Yeah. I just think it's very like an uphill battle, and I don't think that they can climb that high. Yeah, you know, I honestly, I kind of think this was a weaker year for the NBA as a whole um, because I wouldn't like this Lakers team's chances against most of the teams that have won the finals probably in the last five to ten years. Um, like, I don't love this Lakers team, but there's really just not a lot of competitors for them, you know? I mean, you look at the Heat um, – like the Heat play great team basketball. But I mean, do you think this Heat team beats any of the Cleveland teams that LeBron was on? Or do you think they beat any of the Heatles teams with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch? Like yeah, I do think they'd be I think this Heat team would beat that Cleveland team from a few years back. Really? You know, Kevin Love and Jared Smith yeah. and, and and Tristan Thompson. Like again, Tristan Thompson has like no offensive skill, right? Yeah. I mean, unless he's literally right next to the basket. So when you take into perspective what the Heat can do, yeah. uh, and I feel like it all boils down to their defense as well. I think last uh, Wednesday night their defense was like yeah. that zone that they play usually is a pretty well run uh-huh. zone. Yeah. Um, but man, they just got they got abused. They were out of position. Yeah. I, so we'll have to see. Um, but I do think they they could have beaten like the Cleveland team okay. from two years back. I don't think they beat like the the, the Dwayne Wade and the Chris Bosh and Ray Allen yeah. and, and you know the broad team from the Heat. But yeah. you know I think this team. Listen, the Heat team beat you know the the number one seed the overall seed like all year, you yeah. know in Milwaukee. So yeah, you know, I I, just, I think Milwaukee's a little suspect though. I mean this is the second year in a row that they played great. Um, you know their their coach uh, Mike Budenholzer he won Coach of the Year last year. And uh, they keep getting exposed in the playoffs, man. Um, so I don't, I don't know about the Bucks. I mean, I, I think me and you might disagree there. Like, I, I love watching this Heat team, team play. I just never really felt like they were going to compete with the Lakers. Uh, just because, I don't know, I, I just see the Lakers as, as a tier above. You know, I, I well right now that team like, and that's why I go back to like this team that they assembled. Yeah, I think is, I think it's phenomenal. I hate to say it because I'm not a like I'm not a West. So, like I'm not a West like like a Western division in the NBA fan, right? I'm yeah. not a NFC type fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's different things that I don't like. You know, um, yeah. Again, I like the Eastern Conference and basketball. I like the yeah. AFC with football. Um, yeah. but what they've assembled and how they've played and look at someone like, like Rondo, who, again, who's been there, man, it seems like he's been in the league for 20 years. Yeah. Um, still playing good ball. Yeah. I mean, they still, do, they, they got guys. I mean, the, the Lakers could put out a five man lineup that every single dude has NBA finals experience. And that's Rondo, Danny green, LeBron, AD and Dwight Howard. All those dudes have been there. And I mean the Heat. The Heat don't have anyone besides Udonis Haslam that's been to the finals. No, Iggy, five oh, yeah, years, five right. years straight. You're right. But AD's never been to the finals. You're right. You're right. But I mean, AD is. I mean, yeah, MVP caliber. He is a different. Yeah. I mean, and I think so. If you take AD off of that Laker team, I really think the Lakers don't do as anything. Agreed. Agreed. I well, I honestly AD think that completely make that team. I think Anthony Davis is the best teammate, not, not legacy-wise, but just like in the moment, I think he's the best teammate LeBron's ever had. I think the first year of the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade was this good. Yeah. And then the next three years, I think his knee was too shot and he wasn't as good as Anthony Davis is right now. But you, but you look at Anthony Davis, and again, so when we remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the MVP, right? Yeah. Like, I look at somebody like the MVP, like Anthony Davis, to me, should be the MVP. Like, okay. if you take him off the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers get to the finals. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, they might, they, they're they in the playoffs. I don't think they make the finals. I watched him on Wednesday night just completely dismantle and destroy the whole inside the whole inside defense of the Miami Heat. He's like, good. Through rebounding, 
through shot blocking, um, you know, just dunking. And again, you pull him out on a four and you put him out on the perimeter and he's jacking threes. Mm-hmm. Like, like the he's heat doesn't have talent. Yeah. And I agree with you with that statement about with the teammate, because as, as, as much as I love Dwayne Wade and I, and I loved his game, he was just a slasher and a mid-range jump shooter, right? Yeah. So he really – and he played decent defense, yeah. but he wasn't really like a – like he wasn't a shot blocker. He wasn't yeah. a, a low-post presence. He yeah. can't pop out to the three and literally consistently hit threes. Yeah. So I would have to agree with you on, on that concept yeah. as and far as AD. His his knee injury really slowed him down. I mean, that, that finals against the Mavericks, that was the one where he kept having to get his knee drained before every game. And he was just never the same after that. You know, he, he really just, I don't know, like he, he never looked like a superstar. I mean, he'd have flashes, but, but he wasn't the Dwayne Wade of 2008, you know, that's putting up 40 points. Right. And, yeah. Right. So, so you know, and I watched I mean. that, yeah. And I watched that game the other night and I'm thinking, all right, you're getting blown out, right? Like why not have an opportunity to throw in somebody like, UD or, or, yeah. you know, Miles Leonard or, you know, again, like when you, you have no, you have no bigs to play against AD, but you have bigs on your bench, like just put them in and see what they can do. Yeah. So that's the thing that bothered me about, about what, what Spolster was doing. Cause he has this really kind of like tight rotation. Yeah. But sometimes like when you're getting dogged the way you were getting dogged yeah. on the inside, you got to put your bigs in there. Yeah, I agree. You know, they've been – they relied on their small ball lineup, but but I'm with you, man. Like, they got some big bodies that they just – they didn't go with. Listen, so, use them for fouls. I mean, yeah. look, you get six of them for a reason. Yeah. I would rather have Miles Leonard in there or even uh, Olenek. At least they'll play. They'll play hard, yeah. and you, you take Bam away yeah. from playing the five. Yeah, and, you know, you could – I mean, LeBron only shoots, what, 60-something percent from the free throw line? So just foul him every time he goes to the hoop. Oh, man. Or Rondo. Rondo's horrible, too. Yeah. But how yeah. we looking? We up against the break again? Yeah, we need to go to break. Um, you guys are listening to Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145, Kane Gang Radio. It's me and Derek Coe. Uh, we'll catch you guys in just a minute. Hey, look what I found. A radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. 
Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh, me and Co have been talking Kane's football, been talking some NBA. We forgot to mention that Doc Rivers uh, was hired yesterday by the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, there are going to be competition next year for your Miami Heat. For me personally, that doesn't really move the needle. Um, you know, but that's the type of stuff that ESPN loves. You know, people are like, oh, man, you know, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, is going to be a thing. I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, as a Heat fan, Co, what do you think about that? It doesn't, it doesn't, like, it doesn't lift up my skirt, so to speak. It's just <laughs> – I mean, again, it's just another coach going to another team. And, yeah. again, like you had all this talent over there in, you yeah. know, in L.A. with the Clippers, and yet twice. He, he Denver had, beat you. Yeah, he had a whole <laughs> bunch of talent with the Clippers twice, man. He could, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. But, you know, especially last year, you know, you brought in Kawhi. You thought, okay, you know what, you know, he won a championship in Toronto the year previous, and we'll bring Kawhi in, and we'll give the Lakers a run for the money. Bro, you didn't even get a chance to play the Lakers. Yeah. You know? You know, again – Paul George again. He's always he, he always goes MIA in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, is that just a, a personal thing? Is it a coaching thing? You know, so with Doc Rivers going to to the to the Seventy uh, Sixers, I don't think it does anything. I don't think it, it it moves the needle like you said in the East any any yeah. direction. If anything, I still think they're going to be a top. You know, maybe three or four in the in yeah. the East. Um, my biggest thing is what happens with a couple players. You know, again with Giannis, what happens with him? Yeah. Um, and I think does he want to stay in the East or does he go to the West? Um, I think that's going to be. I think that's the big splash, you know, yeah. for this year. Now, yeah. obviously, the Heat definitely can use somebody with yeah. you know his ability, his scoring, you know, his defense. Yeah. Um, the Heat got some good trade but, pieces too. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like, who do you give up in order to get Giannis? I mean, um, it'd have to be all of the young guys, you know, it'd be like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Hero and Kendrick. But I don't see, I, see I, I don't think you can get rid of Hero. I think you can get rid of Robinson. Robinson is such a, you know, as a great of a shooter he is, he's just so, he's such a liability when it comes to the yeah. defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I look at, again, like Kendrick Nunn. I think he's a, a, a tremendous, you know, rookie, yeah. but Tyler Hero just, he's on a different level, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm with I, I love Tyler Hero, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think Milwaukee would be very hard-pressed to do a deal for Giannis if they don't get Bam or Hero. Uh, but, you know, as a Heat fan, I can understand why you don't want to lose either of those guys because they're both really good. But, you know. but, again, you give up, you know, for me, if I'm Pat Riley, you know, and if, if you're Milwaukee, it's – all right, so you're giving up, you know, Giannis, and it's like – I give up Gorin. I give up Duncan. I give up none. Um, you yeah. still got to give a big somehow, but you can't get rid of like literally your two. So your team is literally three players, right? Yeah. Butler, Bam, and Hero. And Dragic. Don't get me wrong, but Dragic yeah. is old. You know, you got a twenty-year-old. You have two twenty. You know, a twenty and a twenty-one or twenty-two-year-old superstar and Bam and Hero. That's a, that's the future of your team. You're not. You can't trade those pieces away for yeah. a year or two. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to yeah, see, you know, what what comes about, you know, during free agency yeah. and stuff like that. So Jay, man, let's get on to this NFL. Okay. Like, how great was that game last night? Listen, a lot of scoring. I didn't think the Jets had, you know, the opportunity to put some points yeah. on the board. Field goal kicking looked really good. Yeah. Defense looked actually pretty well, but Denver's offense looked kind of atrocious as well. Yeah. I mean, well, the score wasn't as indicative as like the game was. I yeah. mean, they got. The Jets had a pick six. Denver got a, uh, a late score at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but who cares? I mean, the yeah. Jets are 0-4. Adam Gase hopefully gets yeah. fired, you know, because he deserves that. But, yeah. I mean, that's here. Yeah. We had a Brett yeah. Ripien versus Joe Flacco drive for a minute. That was, uh, uh, that was intense. How brutal. 
<laughs> How brutal. <laughs> no. Let, let me ask you this. Let, let's talk about um let's talk about some of the power rankings. If okay. you were to rank and so as much as the build up and the hype was on last Monday night's, you know, game, it really wasn't yeah. The hype it wasn't the build up. It wasn't there. Yeah. Like it did the game didn't live up to the hype. It didn't feel as close as is uh, the score would make you think. You know, it kind of and felt I was like so a pissed. Yeah. I was so pissed. Can I tell you why I was pissed? Why? Well, so I'm playing Lovo in fantasy. Uh-huh. I'm up by 37 points. <laughs> He's got Patrick Mahomes and Brown for, for Baltimore. Yeah. He scores 42 points. <laughs> so I lose because Mahomes goes for like three, three plus and five touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm like, Baltimore, your defense sucks. Like, literally, you just <laughs> killed me. Like, you yeah. literally just dropped me to one and two during, on the season already. Yeah. I was aggravated. I'm yeah. like, and I get to pick up my phone. I'm like, yeah. God, Baltimore, I hate yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate you. I don't Make a tackle. Yeah. Let them get a field goal. Something. Yeah. So, you know, know the, only, the, only thing, um, the only good thing about, the, like, the game last night, like, the best part of the game, did you see Jerry Judy's catch where he mossed yeah. the – Jets defender, like that was just a great catch. Yeah, that was good. Judy's amazing. I have him on my bench. I think he scored like 16 points, but he was on my bench last night. South Florida talent, man. I know, but I just again, I have him on my bench for a reason. Like, yeah, we'll see. But so let's get into power rankings. If you like, let's look at some of the undefeated teams. Like, you look at Kansas City, you look at Seattle, you look at Green Bay, um, you look at Buffalo. I mean, Uh look at some of these teams, look at Tennessee. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that are still 3-0. and Pittsburgh, I mean, two of those teams aren't even playing this week because yeah. of COVID. But at the end of the day, how would you rank what, – what, how would your power ranking end up right now? Give me your top five teams in, in, in that order. One, two, three, four, and five. Okay. Okay. So, I'm – yeah. So I don't got be a homer. <laughs> I won't be a homer. I won't be a homer. The Bills are in there, but it's not, it's not homer. Um, so, this might be a little bit of a hot take. Uh, but I got the Chiefs at one, Packers at two. Seahawks at three, the the Ravens at four. I kept the Ravens in my top five, and the Buffalo Bills at five. I I think that the Ravens would still beat just about anybody. I I know the Chiefs dominated them, but I mean that's kind of what the Chiefs have just done for the last two years. Um, you know they they show up big, they win tough games, um, you know, so. I still like the Ravens. I, I didn't drop them very far. I had them first last week, um, so I dropped them three spots. But what do you think about that? You don't like the Seahawks in there? No, no, I like the Seahawks there, but I wouldn't have them at three. Okay. I have the Seahawks at two. I have them ahead of Green oh, Bay. Okay. I just, you know, again, like you look at who they played. Yeah. You know, they played Atlanta. They played Dallas. Um and who was the other team they played? I'm trying to remember. The Seahawks? Yeah, it was Atlanta. Dal- Dallas was last week. Atlanta was the yeah. first game. Who did they play in week two? I, I don't remember. I can't who- think of that. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyway. Um, oh, New England. They played New England as well. You're so, right. You know, the, the caliber of like the opponents that they've played so far um, – you know, have been pretty well. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think I think after the performance of KC on Monday night, I think you would have to put them at number one. Yeah. Um, their defense played really well. Their offense is just literally unstoppable. You know, and again, they have just so many different weapons because even Travis Kelsey didn't even have a you know a big game. But it's yeah. like just look at the surrounding cast. Yeah. You know, like so I I would put KC at one. I would put Seattle at two. Um, I'm a little torn. Like. Believe it or not, I had I had Buffalo at three. What? And, and I, I love Buffalo. it. I love it. I you hate, hate Buffalo. Yeah. Because again, I'm like again. I mean, I'm from Rochester, right? So I'm yeah. 30 minutes north of Buffalo. Yeah. Can't stand Buffalo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I have Buffalo at three. I have Green Bay at four, and then I have Tennessee at five. Okay. See, I'm low Tennessee. on Tennessee. Why? Well, so I mean, they they're three and zero. Um, but if the combined record of the teams that they've beat is one and eight and they have won their three games by a combined six points. So that's a lot of close games with really bad teams. Yeah. But three and is three and oh, it is, but, <laughs> but I mean, they're, they've, their teams are one and eight 
And, and uh, I mean, the Jags are the only one with a win, and they're barely beating these teams. Yeah, but, but they gave I up mean, almost 500 yards. They gave up almost oh, – and I agree. They gave up almost 500 yards to the Jags. <laughs> so. yeah. However, though, the, the argument against that, though, is that that's what they play. I mean, they're a grinded-out, Derek, yeah, yeah. bruise up your defense kind of team. So, so that's the argument. You know, if any team could sustain that, it's a team with Derrick Henry at, at running back, right? So – if let me ask you this, say, say the Rams beat Buffalo last week. Yeah, are they in your top five? Because they don't really, they haven't really impressed me. Yes, well, I mean, it would be hard. They'd still be in my top ten for sure. You know, I mean, the record well, plays top into ten. It. I was talking about you know again because they would be three and zero. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I look at teams like. Gosh, oh, I even hate saying this. Sorry, you mean the Rams? Like I, I thought you meant the would the Bills still be in my top five? No, no, no. As a Rams would have beat the Bills last week. Yeah. Would the Bill would the Bill I mean would the Rams been in your top five? Yeah, I think so. So I when I so. even look at teams like New England, who is, you know, the only loss is to, you know, Seattle. Yeah. Like again, they played the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, so it's but the Dolphins actually look really good, but Jacksonville's Jacksonville, right? So yeah. like, you know, you always have to look at, you know, who you play. Yeah. Um Yeah, I got But New England is playing really good ball too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I so the, so, so the Raiders. Like, there's just yeah. different teams, like that that are really, you know, they're popping. Like, yeah. you, you wouldn't expect to see like New Orleans right now being one and two. Yeah. You know, um, and again, like, but there's been a lot of injuries too. You know, yeah. throughout the league, and I think that's going to be that's the hard part. Like, yeah. especially like from a fantasy perspective, yeah. like what happens with all these guys who don't get to play this week? You know, you got you got four games. I mean, you got four teams that aren't playing. Yeah. So, you know, but you got to treat you got to treat like an injury. I don't care if it's COVID or not. Like, you know, I'm in a couple of leagues and everybody are up, up in arms. Well, what do we do? Can we have a different platform? You know, like, uh, no, you have to take it like an injury. Yeah. It, it, you know, if they're not playing. They're not playing. Yep. I'm with you, man. And and can we talk about my guy Josh Allen for a minute? Oh gosh, man, I knew this was coming. <laughs> Listen, I'll give him a little credit. He's actually playing really good and he's playing smart he ball. He is, and and here's the thing. I want to throw out a few stats because you know I've been I've been the conductor of the Josh Allen for MVP train, and this probably makes Dolphins fans nauseated. But but here's here's my case, okay? Is that last season Josh Allen went ten and four when he played the entire game? That's a great record, you know. That's, that's good football. However, he was low efficiency as a quarterback, you know. So his bread and butter was he was a big threat in the running game. He finished with the second most rushing yards out of any quarterback. And uh, he's kind of a playmaker, right? He's scrappy. He plays a backyard style of football. However, this season, he is second in passing yards and second in passing touchdowns and is completing. Because he finally got a stud receiver in Stefan Diggs. Yeah. He's not yeah. worrying about these, like, you know, yeah. you know, like the Dustin Knoxes and, you know, just different yeah. people. That I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that they're not good players. Listen, they're in the league, right? Yeah. But you get somebody with the caliber of, like, you know, Stephon Diggs, yeah. that opens up your passing game. Yeah. What opens up your passing game actually helps your running game, you uh, know? So, like, agreed. It, it's just it's different, man, you yeah. know? And, and Cole Beasley and all those guys out there, you know, just doing their thing. Yeah. And and my point that I'm making is, you know, if, if he went 10-4 and four and his bread and butter was running the ball and just being a playmaker – but now you're adding some of the best passing numbers into that equation. Like Allen could be something special, man. The Bills defense well, just he, needs to firm up. He was he was just named, you know, uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Month. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so again, that's that's a huge accolade moving forward for him. Yeah. I think that's a huge confidence builder for him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see as as the season progresses. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you still got you know some good games on your schedule. Um, so we'll see. We'll definitely yeah. see. But Josh Allen is definitely is playing some good ball. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Freaking Bills. Oh. We're here we're here at the three oh five and we're talking about I don't even know what the area code is up there, Buffalo, but Buffalo Bills. Oh my goodness. Get me off of that topic. Yeah. Oh, There's last like, last man. stat I had to drop and then we'll move on. You don't even have to comment on it. So in his last fourteen games, Josh Allen has thirty three touchdowns and three interceptions. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, we can move on now. That's why I just kind of didn't say anything. I mean, listen, that's a great stat. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick who had three picks in one game, you know, against yeah. New England. Yeah. So, 
I get it. You know, and the NFL is always tough because, you know, you can have good games. You have, like, you know, if you watch a game last night, you know, you know, Brett Rippon over there just, you know, two picks on back-to-back drive. Like, yeah. dude, where were you throwing the ball to? Because, like, literally, the one to pick six that he threw, like, there was three Jets there, and I don't even think Judy was coming out of his break yet, and he threw the yeah. ball. And I'm like, where are you going with the ball? Yep. So, you know, the, the NFL, the quarterback position, whether it's in, let's even say high school, you know, high school, college, NFL, it's probably the most difficult position. Like, all eyes are on you. For sure. You know, you don't, you're, you're the decision maker, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. You have to decide where you're going with it. And, you know, definitely gets difficult. Yeah. But uh, I think the NFL's, you know, it's making strides. Again, I still watch some of the games with the – I want to say the appreciation of what, what they're able to overcome and accomplish through the COVID, you know, now yeah. a lot of areas are kind of like uh, down here in Broward or, you know, down here in Florida, we just went to phase three, you know, so a lot of things are reopening. I don't know if it's going to change the amount of fans that are going to be allowed in, into the stands, but uh, you know, um, you know, it, it's hard to still watch NFL games and see no fans in the stands. Yeah. Definitely difficult. Yeah. Yeah, but we're fortunate I, enough to be down here and have like we got Seattle this week. I'm almost tempted to get tickets and go to that game. That'd be a fun one, man. Dude, Russell Wilson. Speaking of the MVP race, um, you know, taking my Bills fan, my Bills hat off. You have to say that Russell Wilson is in the driver's seat for MVP. He's just playing unreal football right now. I mean, 14 touchdowns in three games. Like the dude just doesn't miss. I mean. What say you? But I, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's playing the best ball in the NFL right now. Well, I think it's finally deserving, you know, for the things that he's accomplished over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, he just never gets the recognition that I think he really deserves. Yeah. You know, same thing. Like you know, again, you go back to the NBA. You know, I think it's all you know political and politics are involved. And yeah, I think Russell definitely deserves it, and I think he should have already had an MVP. Um, you know, but that's just the way to you know the cookie crumbles. Yeah. So, yeah, you, man. So, is there? Uh, I mean, is there any games that you're looking forward to this weekend? NFL wise, yeah, or college wise. Um, either. Tell me what you're looking forward to this sports weekend. I think this weekend alone, I'm just, I'm almost like, want to just relax, just chill. Like I've been working so much. Um, but there's definitely some decent games out there. Yeah. I, I am interested to see that Miami Seattle game. You know, again, it's yeah. a local game. Um, but there really isn't that like when I when I look at the schedule, I think the Buffalo Raider game is going to be a decent game. Yeah, I'm worried um, about you know, that. Three zero team and a two you know, two on one game. Um, yeah. I think the New England KC game should be a fairly interesting game as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Tennessee game was postponed. The uh, what was it? What was the other game that was postponed? Or is that the only one? I think that was the only one. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Tennessee is the only one that was postponed. Um, so, you know, again, I don't think there's a lot of great matchups. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to, like, the Dallas and Cleveland. You know, even though I have Dak as my quarterback on fantasy. Um, you know, it's just I, – I don't know. I just I, – I see just a few games being, like, you know, competitive. Now, yeah. I mean, the Atlanta-Green Bay Monday night game might be pretty good, um, depending on what Atlanta team shows up. But we shall see. What about you? Um, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that the Raiders look pretty good. I'm with you there. I'm actually very worried about this game uh, versus the Bills. And then, uh, you know, like New England, Kansas City, I think will be a good one. Um, I right. think, you know, New England look good against Seattle. I'm, I'm anxious to see what they look like against Kansas City. Um, I don't know. I'm, what, I have a good buddy that's, that's a huge Eagles fan. And uh, I just can't believe what's happening to them, man. Oh, so San Fran. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you this. Give me, give me your score on the Buffalo Raider game. Let's, let's, let's pick that score and uh, we'll end it with that. Well, well, here's the thing is this has happened in all three games. The Bills score 30 points in the first half, or they get a huge lead and then they let the other team back. So I'm going to say that it is 34 to 27 for the Buffalo Bills. But I, I think they get up big, and then they let the Raiders make a run in the second half. I'm going to go 27-21 Raiders. Okay. And, and so, you know, like, I don't have a problem with that because I think the Raiders are good. I'm worried about this game. Yeah. So. Well, I think that just uh, – that pretty much concludes our, our 11 to 12 o'clock show today, J-Man. 
um, went by pretty quick. You know, yeah. I, I hope everybody out there enjoyed their, you know, their, you know, Friday lunch, wherever you may be, whether it be um, eating a sandwich or getting something off the roach coach or, you yeah. know, sitting down somewhere, listen to us somewhere on your, on your, on your AirPods, whatever. But uh, definitely a good show, Jay, man. Appreciate it, man. Why don't you go ahead and uh, take us home. And until next week, everybody, this is your boy, Co signing off. Jay, man, take us home. All right. You guys just enjoyed the Kane Gang radio show on Sirius XM, Slam Radio Channel 145. Have a good weekend. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.